0: Hey, it's Scott Petrack with another episode of the Brown Zone Zone Coverage Podcast. The season is over for the Browns, but the news and coverage don't stop. Jim Schwartz was hired as defensive coordinator after a quick search, bringing a lot of experience and an intense personality. Here to discuss that, the playoffs, and more is Dave Chudowski of Go, the WKYC Morning News.
1: Hey, John. Scott, may the Schwartz be with you. (laughs) How about that, huh? I had to. I know (laughs) it. that's terrible I, i've heard a bunch of people do it but everyone at work was doing it so i thought i would join in but uh yeah what do you think i mean i, I think that's if i remember correctly uh you know that that's the guy you wanted right i mean you you were up you were all about that
0: yeah it, it seemed to make the most sense to me for a few reasons one he's got the most experience and not that that's the end all be all but i think it does mean something Been a head coach, which I think is always valuable to have on your staff, especially when your head coach is young. And Kevin Stefanski is still young age-wise and in the job, right? He's only been doing this for three years. Uh, He's been a coordinator a bunch on good teams. Won a Super Bowl as a coordinator with the Eagles after the 2017 season. And he runs a 4-3. And the rest of the guys that they interviewed – you know, Brian Flores and um, Sean Desai and, well, Denard Wilson from the Eagles runs a 4-3. But those other two guys, they've run a 3-4 or historically have run three fours. And somebody would have had to transition. Either the roster would have had to transition or the coach, which I think is more likely, would have had to transition. And not that that's, you know, means you can't do it. But I think it's easier to say, OK, Jim Schwartz, you've been running a 4-3. You've been doing that for a long time. You're just going to continue to do that here with the personnel, the basic personnel that the Browns have, including Miles Garrett. He fits in a 4-3. So I think it makes sense for a lot of reasons. And the last of which, and this is not last on my list, it's just the last one I'm bringing up, is I think his personality is a good fit for Kevin Safansky. And I think they would complement and contrast each other well. Because we know that Stefanski's pretty even keel, right? Not that he doesn't ever show emotion or he doesn't ever yell at guys, but that's not kind of the default with him. Where Jim Schwartz, if you know, if you talk to people who know him, you read about him, and it's fiery, yells at guys, you know, yells at players in practice, points out their mistakes. Um, well, you know, while they're watching film, he's got this pointer that at least the Eagles, when he was at the Eagles, would talk about him singling guys out on film and then, kind of pointing their his laser pointer at him. Uh, you know, the Eagles communication staff moved the reporters away from him when he first started in Philly because he was swearing at the players during practice. You know, like not swearing at him, but, you know, like his critiques and criticism would be full of expletives and uh the, the reporters are treating it. So they move them move the guy or the reporters kind of farther away. So I, I think that intensity and in that fire is needed. Uh, you know, on this defense, on this coaching staff, perhaps, especially when you contrast it with Joe Woods, who's pretty laid back, and the disciplinary problems that we've discussed, you know, guys being benched for the start of games. What happened with Jadavian Clowney at the end of the season? Um, I-, I think that the intensity will be welcome, maybe not by all the players, but I think it would be a welcome change.
1: Yeah, this is your last point there. This defense just needs a kick in the you know what, right? Yeah. And and maybe, maybe this is the guy that can get it done. Uh, you know, is there any concern though about the someone said to me yesterday, you know, you're going to a guy who's been around for a long time and uh, you know, I, he's just going to come in here and uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but just like going back to not bringing in someone fresh, basically. Going yeah. going go to a guy that, you know, could be a little stale.
0: Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Um, you know, he's 56. The other candidates were all, you know, either uh, high 30s, low 40s. Um, I, I get that question. Um, if Schwartz is as intense as he was when he was in Philly, which is only, you know, a couple of years ago. His last year in Philly was 2020. Um, You know, then I don't think it's a problem. I think he's got – I think he still has the intensity. I assume he still has the drive. You know, 56 isn't as old as it used to be, um, (laughs) especially as you get older. Um, So I I don't think that's an issue, um, but it's worth keeping an eye on. You know, if you had gone the other way and hired a guy like Sean Desai, who I – did a bunch of research on him over the weekend and really was impressed by him. Super smart, was a professor and, you know, on the professor track in college before he chose coaching. Um, You could have sold that too, right? Brings young energy um, on the, you know, kind of on the rise as opposed to Schwartz, who's been there. He's been a head coach. He's been a coordinator forever. But I, I think in this instance, given the situation the Browns defense was in last year and given the relative inexperience, um, you know, kind of on that defensive staff. But even when you throw in Kevin Stefanski, I-, I think the Schwartz pick, at least on face value, to me it makes a lot of sense. I think it checks a lot of boxes.
1: Who made the final call on this?
0: Yeah, you know, the way the Browns talked about it last week or, when you know, when we talked to Kevin Stefanski and Andrew Berry after the season, it was all about Kevin Stefanski, right? Like, the way it was portrayed was he fired Joe Woods. He's in charge of of hiring the coordinator. It's Kevin Stefanski's quote in the initial release the team sent out. Um, we're taping this Wednesday. Um, Wednesday morning, the team sent out the official in- release announcing um, the hiring, and it was a Kevin Stefanski quote. So I, I think he had the most say. Now, I would never say that Andrew Barry and or Paul De Podesta weren't involved Um, weren't consulted. But I do think uh, it's Kevin Stefanski has the final say, And that's certainly what the Browns want you to think.
1: Yeah. Any thought that a decision was made, not entirely or, you know, it was the main factor, but maybe just looking over your shoulder, worried about bringing in a guy who could
0: possibly take your job? I don't think so because, you know, Schwartz would fit that category, right? I mean, he's been a head coach with the Lions. That's what. That's around. what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I mean, so obviously it didn't bother Stefanski, right? Yeah. But you heard the same thing about Flores, right? Flores is a former head coach. Um, if you brought him in, would he? Would that have been like the succession se- se- plan, right? Um, you know, succession plan, not secession. They're not seceding from the union. Um, the succession plan. Now, I, I get that thought from outside. Um, I don't think Kevin Stefanski thinks like that. I don't think you can afford to think like that. Uh, you know, maybe organizationally, you feel like, hey, it's good that there is a backup plan if something goes haywire. Um, But I I don't think that was a driving force. And obviously it wasn't a big concern for Stefanski because if it was, then it would have led him to probably hire Denard Wilson or Sean Desai because those two guys haven't been head coaches and feel like you get an up-and-comer versus an established person like Jim Ford. I guess maybe I was
1: hearing maybe there was concern about Flores in in that regard.
0: Yeah, well, I think Flores, I mean, I think you heard it more when the discussion was about Flores, given his recent head coaching experience with the Dolphins. I think a lot of people expect him to become a head coach again. So I I get that question, but, you know, I I think Schwartz kind of falls into that too. Like you could make a move, you know, if you go playing worst case scenario, if the has fired Kevin Stefanski after six games next year, it would probably be Jim Schwartz to take over. So I don't know if this hire saves Stefanski from kind of that worst case scenario. Without getting into each of the games last weekend, we're going to,
1: we'll end the uh, podcast with that. But just, you know, I always kind of know where I feel like the Browns stand when I watch Sunday night football, because that's usually the best of the best every, every week, right? Yep. yep, uh, yep. You can, it's so obviously you have that same barometer and watching the wild card, super wild card weekend. So basically, my question to you is: how close or far? How close are the Browns, or how far away are they yeah. from being a team that could play in the in the super wild card? Watching those games, I mean,
0: do do you feel like they're close to being at that level, or not really? I find this a fascinating subject, Chud, and. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do. And I get asked this, you know, from buddies and other things. Um, I don't think they're as far away as some people think. And just, you know, you go through Twitter, oh, my gosh, the Browns aren't in this league. It, it doesn't feel that way to me. And I get it. You know, I mean, I get that you watch the games and so oh, this team looks so good. But outside of probably San Francisco, there were a lot of close games, right? There were a lot of games that it felt like this game could swing either way, from Miami to Buffalo, to obviously Baltimore to Cincinnati. And I could envision the Browns being in a close game this weekend without, to me, without having to make a big leap. Now, I guess the one leap I would make is that Deshaun Watson is playing like a top 10 quarterback, right? Because if you have that, and you have Nick Chubb, and you have Mark Cooper, and you have Dave Njoku, and you have the offensive line, and you have Miles Garrett, and you get Denzel Ward, and Greg Newsom second, and Martin Emerson Jr. All of a sudden, it feels like there's pieces there. Now, I'm not pretending that the Browns this year played at a level close to Kansas City or Buffalo or even Cincinnati. What I'm saying is if Deshaun Watson plays at a high level, then I think that raises everyone else. I think. The, the 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 mistakes or the weaknesses that feel so obvious after losses don't seem as big because you won the game and you scored a lot of points, and he covered up for mistake A, B, and C, right? So I, I think that's the formula, and, and I think just from a general roster standpoint, like you know, you watch these games and, okay, well, that guy's not great for the Cowboys, or, you know, Tampa Bay can't move the ball here, you know? It, it, I, I just think when we're so focused on the Browns, which is understandable and I cover them and we talk about them and fans cheer for them, you see every weakness when they lose, it's, it goes the other way too. Like when they win, it's everybody's great. And you know, the, you know, you're, I was going to say left guard, but the left guard is one of the best players, you know, but like a random linebacker is so good when they win. Well, you know, maybe you, I think you over-evaluate when there's team success. And I think you, underestimate when there's team failure. So um, I don't I, – I, I'm not saying this is a perfect roster, but I do think they – my opinion is they are closer if Deshaun Watson is as good as they think he can be. Do you sure. think I'm off base on that?
1: Well, yeah, I, I think it comes down to the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it really does. I, You know, most of the times, you know, listen, we're going to see this when it gets to – the uh, AFC and NFC championship game, right? Like, let's say the Chiefs win. Either way, the Bengals or Bills, right? you're going to see elite quarterbacks there. Um, If the Eagles win, I mean, Hertz has been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, uh, you know, that's typically what you see when you get to this point. So, yeah, I, I think they're elite. I don't know if it's elite, but they're the quarterback play away. That said, their defense, though, I mean, still, I mean, you know, their their defense was such a problem this year. I think they're still far away defensively. But
0: as far as they are away, I don't think it would take that much to fix. Does that make sense? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think the defensive coordinator change is huge, you know. Um, And Schwartz needs to prove that he can fix it and that he's got the right formula and that his message still works with guys. But let's assume that's a big upgrade from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz. And then you add a defensive end, two defensive tackles, you know, and you figure out what you want to do safety. uh, You can kind of make a leap to, okay, well, these guys can be a a competent defense, right? And then you expect your offense to make a jump. Now, I I will say, and you triggered something in my head, Chud is I I think coaching – is extremely important in the postseason. And overall, and I've, you know, I've supported Kevin Safansky. I think the Bronx should bring him back. But when you look, look at that Jacksonville game, right, Doug Peterson did a great job keeping his team in the right mind frame to come back and beat the Chargers when they're down 27 points, right? That's a great job coaching. I thought Mike McDaniel, with the Dolphins being underhanded, having his third string quarterback in, did a great job putting his team in a position to beat the Bills. Obviously, they didn't beat the Bills, but they were close at the end, and he put them in position. I know there were clock management mistakes at the end. But overall, his game plan and his approach, I thought was pivotal to Miami being in that game when they were huge underdogs. And I I think this coaching staff still needs to prove that to me now, they want a playoff yeah. game, right? They want a playoff game, they were in the game with the Chiefs, you know, three or in 2020, but I, I still feel like I, I I need to see that from this coaching staff that they can have that kind of performance, um, in the postseason. Well, he, he
1: Stefanski, was in the basement, right? No, I'm kidding, right. I, <laughs> but I mean, you know, they
0: they won that game against the Steelers. and they I, deserve credit for that, but a yeah. bunch of stuff went their way, right? Um, they competed in Kansas City, but but it, it feels like that's a long time ago, right? It feels like well, the coaching staff I, hasn't been the same in the last couple of and, years. And I'll take it even a step further. How
1: about Harbaugh and the Ravens? I mean, yeah. no one thought that they were they, – I mean, let's be honest. They almost won that game. I mean, that, an incredible, bizarre play right. for the Bengals to win. Not saying that the Bengals wouldn't have come back to win even if the Ravens score there. But you know what I'm getting at. The bottom line is I'm going to take your point a step further. And how about culture? The Steelers and the Browns were in the same spot and the Steelers almost made the playoffs. The Ravens had no business coming close to beating the Bengals with their injuries and the way they've been playing. But the Ravens and Steelers always find themselves to be right there. And the Browns just don't.
0: No, that's a perfect example. I think that's that's well said. I think it needs to be pointed out. And that goes beyond X's and O's and game plans, right? We focus so much on a particular Kevin Stefanski call or hit the Kevin Stefanski opening script and halftime adjustments and all those things are important, but I think superseding that is we have you have a culture of winning, and that means when you're two and six like the Steelers, you finish nine and eight. When you're the Ravens and you lose your quarterback for the second straight year down the stretch, you figure out a way to still get in the playoffs and compete. Right, and I know. A year ago, they didn't get into the playoffs. Um, and they lost a bunch of games at the end. But they bounced back this year, faced with the same situation, and almost went into Cincinnati and won the game. So I, I think that's a great point. And I'm glad you brought up Harbaugh because I, I I wondered if they would stay in that game. And obviously, they did. And it comes down to that huge play. But that's a huge credit to Jaron Harbaugh, Harbaugh. And you can expect him always to have his team ready. Yeah. All right. Before we
1: get to uh, the picks, I just want to do something a little bit fun here. I, I tease this. That's in the TV business so we call a tease, <laughs> meaning we're teasing you that you're going to have to wait until later to hear the results. So we talked about this last week, but uh, I just want to have a little bit of fun here with the Brown schedule looking back. And I'm doing this leading up to our talking about our picks from last week and picking ahead. And uh, you and I both finished, uh, what, nine and eight, picking the Browns, is that right? Yep, yep, yep. Yes. Yeah, so so nine and eight. Scott, uh, let's do do this uh, real quick here. What was your, what, what do you think was the, as far as picking goes, worst loss that you didn't see coming? I have two of them. What about you?
0: I'm going to go with the Patriots game, Judd. I went back and made sure, made sure I was right. Um, I thought the Browns would win. I thought it'd be close and they just weren't they just weren't in the ball game um they they just weren't and it was a bad loss they lose 38 to 15 at home and I, I should have given more credence to the bill Belichick game planning and they had the backup right it was um Bailey Zappi playing quarterback yeah the browns devoted all the resources to stop in the run and Zappi threw all over him and then the browns couldn't get anything going with the run game, and the Patriots made life really hard on Jacoby Brissett. So I think that's number one. Um, I, I I can't remember. I, I'm going to go look it up now. I think I picked them to beat the Dolphins coming out of the bye, and then they just were, it, just, it felt the same to me as that Patriots game. They were overwhelmed and they were out-coached. Yeah. For me, it was the Jets week
1: two. I, I just, you know, I thought they were going to win that game for sure. Uh, and they had it won and the way it lost it's just like oh man you know that just <laughs> I, that that crushed the browns record but it, it hurt our predicting record as well and the other one is the Saints I mean I just you know I with the dome team coming up north the way the Saints have been playing on the road and uh you know I just thought I thought the browns would win that game um you know looking back at it shouldn't be surprised but those are my two Jets and Saints
0: well, I thought of those two, Chud, and I think I would have used those for another category. Um, like, I kind of blame the Browns for those games, right? Like, okay, the Browns, you know what I mean? Like, the Browns should have won those games, so I feel less bad about those picks. The Patriots well, and Dolphins. It, yeah, you know what I mean. I,
1: I, I got gotcha. you. Okay, maybe I, maybe yeah, maybe
0: I maybe I listened to your question incorrectly.
1: Well, no, no, you're right. I, I think we're as we go on, you'll be able to, and maybe we're just talking about different categories, but well, how about this? Let's go to picks I would like back and I'll go first. And for me, picks I would like back is Falcons week four. When yep. I picked the Browns to win, I should have known better. I should have known that, you know, they, they weren't a team that proved that they could go win a game like that one that you'd think on the road at that time of the year, uh, you know, I I just – after after the Falcons won, I'm like, yep, that's the Browns. You know, I, I know – we've been picking them for years and years and years, and I, I, I fell for it. And the other one and this one I'd like back because I think deep down I knew the Bengals were going to win, but I just wanted the Browns to win, so I went with the Browns in week 14. So the two I'd like back yeah. are the Falcons and Bengals.
0: Yeah. Um, I like the Falcons there. And, and maybe th- – Listen, to you say that, that's when I want the Dolphins and Patriots, right? I'm with you. I want those back because I should have known better. Um, There you go. Right, yes. I should have known better with the Patriots and the Dolphins. So having said that, to your first question, I'm with you with the Jets and the Saints. Like Those games were the games that not only did it it hurt because we predicted the other way and you felt like there was good reason for that. Those two games destroyed the Browns' season right? Right. And and then I think the third game on there is probably Atlanta. You know, we can argue if it's Atlanta or Chargers, but I think the ranking for me would be Jets, Saints, and then probably Atlanta, where you say, you know, you talk to Joe Batoni after the year, and he talks about, hey, we were so many close games from being, you know, where we needed to be in the playoffs at 10-7, and and it's those three games, and it doesn't take much to flip those and all of a sudden, we view everything differently, which we've talked about a ton. But the Jets game, obviously, right? Um, in the Falcons game, and how many times did we talk at the beginning of the season, you got to You got to stockpile the wins early because you know the schedule's getting harder, right? Um, we probably should have known that there was going to be the rust factor with Deshaun Watson, that you needed to win those games early. And if they had beaten the Jets and beaten the Falcons, um, you know, then they're right in the mix coming down the stretch, not even talking yes. about the momentum that they would have had, right? Just from a pure record standpoint, they're right where they needed to be. And that game in Pittsburgh, it could be for a playoff spot.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So we're basically on the same page. You yeah. just had them flip-flop. So yeah. the, the picks you'd like to have back are the Dolphins and Patriots. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah, so you, that's how I feel about the Falcons and Bengals. And then we're in agreement on worst loss. Jets and Saints and and as you said I'm just repeating the Saints ended their season technically with the and and the Jets that's just a game that if you win that game the whole season could have been different so um all right so we're on board all right how about um I'm gonna save picks we're most proud of for last I'm gonna jump to no-brainer picks and for me it was week 13 beating the Texans 27-14 and then week 18 the steelers beating the browns 28-14 <laughs> there, there was no doubt in my mind they were losing that game to pittsburgh and you know had they lost to the texans that would have been the worst loss of the year so th- those are my two no brainers
0: yeah i like the uh i like the texans um i never i never thought about picking houston to win that game i did think about pittsburgh the last week i thought about picking the browns um kind of because I liked Deshaun Watson that quarterback matchup. And then he just – they couldn't solve the Steelers' defense. He and the Browns couldn't solve them. So the Houston, to me, was more of a no-brainer for myself. And, you know, if I had to pick a second one, maybe that Carolina opener. Um, oh, yeah. You know what? Like, I felt like they were going to win that game, and I didn't feel it was going to be as close as it wound up. You know, obviously you need the K-Dork 58-yarder to win it. Um, I-, I thought the Browns would go down there and handle business.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. I wrote that down in my notes. Week one Panthers, because I picked the Browns based on their always losing week one. And then week 15 against the Ravens was another one. I think we both picked them to beat the Ravens. And yeah. then the, the, that was another one in there. But yeah, yeah good points, good points. Uh, yeah, there was just, I, I, never, I never considered the Texans and I never, I don't think I considered the Steelers. I guess, or the Browns beating the Steelers. Right. I guess I wouldn't have been like, completely astonished or shocked if the Browns won, but I felt pretty comfortable with Steelers there. So those sure. are the two
0: no-brainers. All right, picks that we're most proud of. You want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first because it's, it's it's at the front of my mind. I go, I'll go i go two. One, I liked it. I got the first oh, – I think I got both Bengals games right, actually. Um, so I'll, I'll celebrate that because I think – I remember the first <laughs> week against the Bengals, you said, hey um, – no you maybe you got the maybe you got the first one right. But anyway, I think I got both Bengals games right. Um and I had some doubts about both those. And then the biggest one for me was that first Ravens game. I got the score exactly right. We talked about it. Call and oh, a yeah. no so Yeah. I got the I got the right score so you can't do better than that. No. Yeah, how that's what right. that was the one they beat the Ravens, right? No, that when they lost in Baltimore, 23-20. Oh. Yeah.
1: Oh, and they lost yeah. 23-20. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, oh, no, remember, no. All right.
0: I remember So, so we, we yeah. Whatever that is. Week seven. I remember being in the interview room waiting, and that's when and we were talking about it. I was telling, like, Tony Grossi, hey, I got the noser. And then that's when yeah. the Browns started screaming at each other in the locker room. <laughs> like, we could hear him <laughs> screaming. I was like, uh-oh. But I was celebrating a little bit before the screaming started.
1: Okay. That's right. So that was the one you got right on. Um, so, okay. So – you got the one they lost right on week yep. fifteen was when they beat the Ravens.
0: Yes. Is that right? yes. yes.
1: Okay. Yes. So I didn't. We didn't see the beating the Ravens coming. That was a shocker. That I did not really see that coming. Week fifteen. Um, that's right. I don't. Know. I think you were on board. Weren't you on board there? I don't think you picked the the Browns to beat the Ravens the second yeah. time, did you?
0: I th- actually, I think I might have got that one right, Chad. I think that might have kept me from falling behind that one. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Well, yeah. you should be proud of that, too. But, yeah, the, hitting the one – I mean, think about this. Every game all year and only one exact score. I remember saying that. It doesn't happen often. It I doesn't. Guess it's props really on, hard. Yeah, it,
0: it's I mean, so I, hard. I mean, I've been picking games for almost 20 years, and I think it might have happened twice. Like, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, gambling experts that probably would have more success. But to me, it's really hard. You know, it's hard enough to get the pick correct, let alone – um, oh, you know, right? Let alone it on the nose, right? You just need a just need a lot of stuff to go your way is part of it. Too. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I know. I think I've only done it twice. I think on TV, uh, and I I can remember one for sure, and maybe twice. But
0: but uh, yeah, you're right. I just checked. You're all right. I picked the Ravens to win the Week 15 too, so I got that one wrong. You're right about that.
1: Okay. All right. I thought so because yeah. I thought we I thought we were pretty much neck and neck right. the last few games. We did the same. All right. Picks I'm most proud of. Uh, in no certain order, and I'm not proud of this because they lost. But week six, New England. Um, I remember you and I just adamantly were opposed on that, and I told you I was not going <laughs> to fall for it. That's that's where I learned my lesson in Atlanta, right? So yeah. I just followed up with that, and and just I thought they'd get out coached, and they did. And uh, you know, so that New England game falls in one you'd like to have back for me. It's uh, one I'm most proud of, uh, just because you know. It pretty much I, – I didn't waver, really. I didn't – I just thought yeah. – I felt – I didn't feel good about the Browns there. Uh, the Tampa Bay game, I think we both got that one, right? Mm.
0: Or, yeah, that I, was a I harder think. one to pick. But, yeah, I think we did get it that right, too.
1: The, the Tampa Bay game was not easy, and, and we got that right. So, I feel good about that. But maybe my favorite was Washington
0: because
1: uh, I think a lot of people thought the Commanders were going to win that game, and the Browns went on the road and uh, got it done, and that was – uh um, that was after the Saints game, right?
0: Yeah, they, yeah. They showed they bounced back with uh, you know, quote unquote, meaningless game, and they yeah. played well. Yeah, so you read that situation right. Yeah, and you and you had it too. Yeah, we got Yeah, yeah it? we both had it. Yeah, we yeah. both. So those
1: are the three. Anyway, I thought it was fun to kind of go down uh, memory lane there and uh, just break down the season. So uh, right. there you have it.
0: Yeah, all right, it's, well, it's amazing the stuff you remember and forget. You know, just because all the games pile up. Oh, you're so
1: right. You gotta kinda go back and, and refresh. All right. Uh wow. Boy, did I not do well last week. Oh my gosh. Uh <laughs> the you know, we, we basically felt comfortable with three games and we thought three games could go either way to a degree. Uh you ended up going five and one, man. You should have gone six and oh.
0: Yeah, that was picking that was just the winners because I did not yeah. I think I went two and four with the spread and took a little bit of grief on Twitter because I was putting it out the the picks, but um, yeah, so yeah, for winners, I'll take that right and, Yeah, The I mean, geez, the Chargers, how do you let that game get away? Oh my
1: gosh, uh, uh, I did, I did terrible on the spread as well. Um, but the yeah, no, I mean, you should, hey, you got five out of six, right? That's good. That the Chargers, I mean, listen, the Char- that's unbelievable. And, and you know what, that they, the Chargers are gonna charge, right? I mean, well, and it, <laughs> and,
0: it, and it, like it just doesn't make sense to me because I think that Brandon Staley, like I think he's crazy smart. I love listening to him. He's open with the media, which probably um has an impact on how I you know think of him as a coach. but like like there's a lot of things to like about this guy. He's a young guy's only in the second year. I love Herbert um, but to not be able to hang on in that game. it's it's mind boggling that they couldn't do it it just is,
1: yeah well, I I, uh, I had the Bills winning. I had the 49ers winning. I had the Bengals winning. Obviously, you did, too. I I have no – I thought the Chargers were going to win. I You know, what can I say? I have no excuse on that. The Vikings-Giants, I should have known better. I I like the Giants early in the week, but I know in our conversation. But then I just – man, something clicked, and I'm like, I'm going Vikings. They're going to blow it later in the playoffs. You got that one right. Good for you with the Giants. Uh, but that one just – destroyed me uh minnesota i just uh yeah. i had him in a, a, a bet i do with my uh friends and and i i just i regret that one i should have known better and then the monday night game i i really i i i have no problem admitting that i went tampa bay and i thought i picked tampa bay for two reasons i was still giving brady the the factor and i just thought the cowboys were gonna blow it i i just I, they have not impressed me towards the end of the year. So I was wrong on that and good for them. And the Cowboys move on. I still don't buy into them, but you know, they move on and uh, uh, Brady's gone. So I went three and
0: three. So there you have it. That Monday night game. It, it, that was something else, Judd. Cause we, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. I watched a bunch of paid or paid. I did that last week too. A bunch of Buccaneers games. I can't get Tom Brady out of New England. A bunch of Tampa Bay games. And. They just did. They never were explosive offensively. We watched them play the Browns, and they weren't explosive. But in the back of my mind, I was worried that Brady would figure it out um, and beat the beat the Cowboys. Right, like that was the concern after having picked Dallas. But watching that game just reinforced everything I saw throughout the season. Is that Tampa's just not good? They're not good offensively. I think, yeah, I don't know if they've officially decided to change coordinators, but it certainly looks like they need a new coordinator. There's just nothing explosive, um, original about that offense. And it showed up, and Dallas played well, right? Dallas did play well, and Dak Prescott protected the ball. But the bot- the key is that Tampa just can't score. And if you can't yeah. score, it doesn't matter what you're doing, who you're playing well, I think anytime you fail in
1: life, and I failed in those two games, I'm not going to take the Chargers as a failure. They were up 27 nothing. They oh, should the no. one, right. right? I'm not going to take that. But the other, but here, here's what I'm I'm going to take my failure and learn, and just realize that was more for me. That was more about the Vikings and the Chargers doing what they always do, yeah. and um, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, Tampa. I don't really have an excuse really there. So, uh, but I I will say that, I, you know, I learned a lesson that I probably should have just taken the better team.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. (laughs) And I mean, I don't think there's any shame and trust in Tom Brady. It's just this is a wrong year to do it.
1: Yeah. All right, so uh, we move on to um, the next four games as we have two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. So the first game is the Jags at the Chiefs, and that is on uh, cheap Plug, Channel 3, NBC. Yeah. And uh, that will be the first game, four thirty. And Kansas City, I've seen a couple different, but I've seen uh, uh, spread at nine, uh, KC by nine. So uh, I'll let you go first on this one.
0: Um, I'm going Kansas City, and, and I think they win big. Trevor Lawrence really impressed me with how he bounced back from not only the interceptions in the first half, right, which just could have sent the normal quarterback um, into a tailspin. And the fact that he was able to recover, I think, speaks volumes for him in his future. And not on top of that, he didn't play well the previous week when they beat the Titans to make the playoffs. So I, I thought that was really impressive for him to lead the comeback that he did. Having said that, I just think Kansas City is too good I think Patrick Mahomes is too good um they're used to playing after a bye. that crowd is unbelievable uh in Kansas City so I'm gonna take the Chiefs and I'm taking them to win big
1: yeah so you would you would uh you
0: would not take the nine I would not I would not and now I I will say I think I went two and four against the spread so nobody should use these as any kind of basis for any you know serious gambling, but <laughs> I, but like, I like the chiefs and, uh, you know, that's a lot of points to give. And I, I get the hesitancy given how close the wildcard games were. Right. I don't, I don't know. I mean, San Francisco was the only one that ran away. Um, and they were and, losing. And, yeah. And they were losing at one point. Right. And I got that one wrong. Cause I thought Seattle would keep it close. Um, but even given that I just like, I just like Kansas city too much.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, that made me think of the Chargers game again and how that – I just can't – I still can't get believe that. When when you said Seattle, you thought Seattle would keep it close. I, I thought I, – I don't know why it's just unbelievable. All right. Anyway, sorry. Lost track of the <laughs> there. But I agree. I agree. You know, I think a lot of people – and, again, I, I – please do not follow along with us because, obviously, if you're going to bet money – listen, there are moments where we do well and uh, you should follow along with yeah, us right. and you'd make money. But – uh no, I think a lot of people are going to take the Jags plus the nine. I think they're going to fall for the trap. And listen, the Jags playing at home against the Chargers is a lot different than going on the road against the Chiefs for all the reasons you mentioned. So I'm going Kansas City, and I'm keeping track of our records with just wins and losses, not necessarily the points. But uh, if I had to do it, I would I would take the Chiefs and, and lay the nine as well. So uh, we're on the exact same page there. Uh, Giants and Eagles. Eagles is uh, the Saturday night game, 8-15, got Philly seven and a half.
0: What do you think? I think, first of all, good for Brian Dayball for what he's done with the Giants in his first year, getting that playoff point on the road. Um, I really enjoyed working with him when he was coordinator with the Browns. I knew he took a lot of a lot of grief, a lot of criticism, and I think it was tough working under Eric Mangini. Uh, and not that Dayball was great here as a coordinator, but I think he's really grown since he left Cleveland, went and worked with Nick Saban, went back and worked with Belichick for a while. Um, and he's really just – he's changed that – he's changed that team, changed that organization, changed, changed Daniel Jones, the quarterback. So um, good for him. And I'm, I'm going to take the Giants plus the points. I, I think the Eagles win. I think they're more talented. I think they have the better quarterback in Hertz and he looks like he's healthy he's not on the injury report this week after having that shoulder injury at the end of the regular season. Uh, but, you know, those teams are really familiar with each other. Right? It's the third time they're playing. I, I think Dayball and the Giants figure out a way to keep it close. I think Daniel Jones played really well against the Vikings. He's got that run threat that is tough for most defenses to handle. So given all that, I think they keep it close, but the but the Eagles win. Um, But I would take the Giants plus the points.
1: Yeah, Uh, if you want, we can send a copy of this to Dayball. He'll get you uh, some tickets or jersey or something for uh, you know talking so nice about. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I'm gonna Philly to win. And but well, you're right, Daniel Jones. Vikings did not have an answer for him. Yeah. Every time they needed a some a first down or something, that he was able to get it done. Um, but I think I think it ends for the Giants. I think the Eagles win the game, and uh, I think it's going to be close. But I think I think the Eagles up covering. So I'm going to agree with you on that. But um, you know, I wouldn't be sh- there. That to me, that this line of before. Yeah. Um, Unless the nags come out completely. So, and had a little technical difficulty there, Scott. But I I just feel like this is probably the the most difficult when it comes to the spread. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll go Eagles. You'll go Giants when it comes to the spread. But uh, so far, we both have Chiefs and Eagles. So let's go to uh, Sunday now. Bengals, Bills, Bills by four and a half, three o'clock start on Sunday. This is the game that we never got to see uh, for obvious reasons. So here we go.
0: Gosh, to me, this is the toughest one, Chud. I'm I'm, I'm struggling with this. I continue to struggle with it. Um, and, and I think the reason I'm struggling so much is I didn't think either team played exceptionally well in the wild yeah. round, right? So that leaves kind of a funky impression, right? Like, man, both teams are vulnerable. I, I think it's easier to, for me to dismiss the Bengals-Ravens game because they're so familiar. They play three times a year, and I know so does Miami, right? Buffalo-Miami do so, But, you know, we all know from watching the Browns how tough it is to play the Ravens and what a battle that is. So the fact that they kind of held the Bengals in check isn't a super surprise. Um my worry with the Bills is Josh Allen's turning the ball over a lot, and that can come back to bite you in the playoffs. Right? They felt like they kept the Dolphins in the game um, after getting off to a really good start. So I, I think this is a tough one. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, man, I'm I'm so torn. I- I'm going to go Bills, and I don't I don't know if they cover. I would probably take. <laughs> I'd probably take the Bengals plus four and a half because I think it's going to be that kind of a game. Yeah. Um, and I don't feel like I, I. I think you could. I could make an argument Cincinnati wins. I can argument Buffalo wins. I'll give the nod to Buffalo because it's at home. So I'm going to take Buffalo, and I think it'll be a good game. But I think it's a really tough one to pick.
1: Well, and and everyone probably wants to see that
0: neutral site AFC championship game, right? With the uh, Bills and. How do you feel about that? Like, to me, that, that kind of rubs you the wrong way. I, I I like the idea of playing in somebody's stadium. Yeah, no. I, I mean,
1: I I think it's just the NFL was throwing a curveball and sure. they didn't know what to do. And this was, you know, the best scenario. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I don't like the neutral site. I definitely hope that they don't find this as a positive with, like, ratings and, like, attendance. I, I don't know if it does happen because you're right. The team that's the number one seed that fought all year deserves to get home field. Agreed. And, you know, I, I think that's – unless they change the rule and everyone knows from the start, hey, you get home field up until a certain point, I don't know. I, I But I definitely I'm, – I'm with you. Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, you're right about this year. Like, I, I I understand that this year was completely different because of the canceled game. I But now you're hearing, oh, man, what if they just make the championship games neutral site? I hate that idea because then I don't yeah. know what I don't know what you're playing for. Then is it, I mean, the number one seed you would get to buy, so there is incentive there. But I, I don't know. I mean, you know how you feel as a fan if you're thinking that you're going to go to that game, or you've always thought, "Man, what if we get to go to a championship game?" Right? We remember how that Browns game and you know the drive uh, game, how exciting, how exciting that was. Um, yeah, to, to have that taken away because the NFL can make more money. Obviously, it's it, it would follow, right? It would follow for how the NFL operates, but but I think it's a bad idea. Well, they could come out with the argument of the Super Bowls in a neutral site. Sure, but yeah. but AFC and NFC, like those are apples and oranges. Like this is AFC, yeah. you know, like right. you're, you play for home field advantage. I just I could see it completely moving that way, but I don't like it. Yeah, no, I agree.
1: So this is the so. This is the toughest game, I think, to pick the winner. Okay. Um, I, I was looking at the Eagles Giants because of the the amount of points. Sure. Um because I think if you think the Bengals win the game, you obviously get the points. Now, if you think the Bills are gonna win, you're in a little tight spot because you, you know, like you said, you think it's gonna be a field goal. So I I love this game. I was hoping we'd see it. And I'm gonna go with this team, and I'm gonna go with it because I'm going to go with one guy Joe Burrow mm. and I just think that the Bengals have the attitude and I know they like they struggled and and you know barely got lucky to beat the Ravens I guess maybe you could say but I just think that man Burrow is just one of those guys that I think he just puts a team on his back and wins a game like this and and you know what I love Josh Allen you know I do I he's yeah. my fantasy quarterback I love watching him play. But I have to be honest, I don't think he's been as great since he kind of had that injury in the in the middle of the year. Yeah. A lot of turnovers last week. I think he I, I I have not seen him put a dagger in someone's heart yet. And I've seen other I've seen Burrow do it. I've seen other quarterbacks do it. And until I see it, and you know how I am. Yeah. <laughs> I I I'm going to go Burrow. I I think they can win on the road. I know that's a tough place to play, you know, but the Bills have a history of of not getting it done. I, I Just my gut is pointing to the Bengals. Would I put a million dollars on it? Hell no. But <laughs> I'm going to go Bengals, and then obviously I take the points, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah. listen, neither of us, we both agree, it could go either way.
0: Yeah, it, it, I think you make good points. You know, the thing that worries me about the Bengals is their offensive line is beat up, right? And it was always questionable to begin with. And now it's beat up. Having said that the bills without Von Miller don't have the same pass rush. So I I think that, I think that was part of each of those games last week and maybe they neutralize each other. So maybe Burrow does have time and is able to, is able to make the big plays like you think. And I think that's completely possible. Um, And you're right about Allen since that injury, uh, it's tough because we watched both of them play so well in the playoffs last year, right? Allen should have won in Kansas City, and Burrow did Mm -hmm. win in Kansas City, right? So um, I think that's what makes it so tough to pick. Yeah. Well, I will tell
1: you that I'm not going to get into a debate of who's a better quarterback because I think they're both great. But if there's one guy, if you had to pick one guy that will make a mistake to cost the game,
0: which one would you pick? Yeah, I'd pick Josh Allen. Yeah. yeah, but I'm, I also okay. might make. I also might pick him as the guy to make the play to win the game. Whether that's, yeah, you know, with the bigger arm and the ability to run. Not you know, Burrow has both those. Burrow's got a really good arm, and he's got you know he can extend plays. But Allen does it at another level. Allen might have the strongest arm in the league, and he's when they want to run him, they can run him, and he can have a oh, huge yeah. impact. Right? Yeah.
1: No, trust me. I mean, honestly. It's hard for me to pick between the two. I just, yeah, I, I, yeah I, we could we could talk about this forever. I mean, they're both amazing. I, I'd love to have them both on the Browns, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Cowboys, Niners, I'm going to keep it simple. I I, I just, I, I'm going Niners, and I'm going to go Niners minus three and a half.
0: Yeah, I get it. I'm going to go the other way, and part of that's because last week, yes, who we thought would go to the Super Bowl, and I think I picked the Cowboys. So it's hard to get off that when they're still playing. Um, I think it's tough the quick turnaround, Monday night to Sunday night. um, And the Niners have from Saturday to Sunday. So I think that helps. The Cowboys have to travel to, um, you know, Northern California, Santa Clara. Having said that, I think, I I don't think it's a crazy pick to pick the Cowboys. If Dak doesn't turn it over, if Dak plays like he did against Tampa Bay, Dallas has a chance. Dallas has those two running backs they sh- you know theoretically can control the ball on the ground a little bit. Uh, I know how I know how well Brock, Brock Purdy played and I know what the numbers were and I know his second half I think he might have had a perfect quarterback rating. There were there were plays early in the game that I thought he showed vulnerabilities and maybe that was just first playoff game jitters, but he's still a rookie quarterback. It's still high pressure. Um, If Dallas can score, then you're asking the Niners to match scores. And maybe it gets into a situation where he has to throw the ball. And that's not what they want to do, right? They want to run the ball and throw off play action. If he's dropping back and you know he's going to throw, that's tough. Micah Parsons can change a game with some big plays. Maybe Diggs gets a pick, right? Now, he could also give up a big play, but he could get a pick that could change a game. I think there's reasons to think that the Cowboys can go in there and win. I thought the spread would be and should be bigger than three and a half. And that might just be because everybody in the world likes to bet the Cowboys. So it doesn't go that high. Um, But I'm going to take the Cowboys to cover and I'm going to take them to win just because I said they go to the Super Bowl. And I think that's still a possibility. Um, How they played against Tampa gives me even more belief there, even though, San Francisco played great last week, and, you know, I would not be surprised if they won that game. All right. So we have – uh we agree on the Saturday games, and we disagree on
1: the Sunday games.
0: Yeah. How about that?
1: All right. What well, what we'll, we see what,
0: we'll see what happens. Cool. Well, thanks, Chud. Again, buddy, I enjoy this. I enjoy talking about the playoffs, and we had a little Browns news with uh Jim Schwartz. And just to recap that, I think it feels like a good hire – Right, I think it does check a lot of boxes, and I just read one of some buddy sent me an email, um, just a reader, how excited uh, about the Schwartz hire, and I think anytime you can get a little bit of optimism, a little bit of excitement, right after a disappointing season, uh, I think that's good for the fan base. So um, we have Jim Schwartz, and then we have the playoffs, and we'll try to hook up next week and do a quick. You know, who knows? We'll probably Brown stuff to talk about too, but do a quick championship preview because those could be some really good games. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun, no doubt. Cool. Thank you, Chud. Again, as always, thanks everybody for listening. This has been another episode of the Zone Coverage Podcast, and you can read all my work at brownzone.com.